You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to our conversation today. Alana and I are excited to be with you and glad that you're tuning in. Our topic today is you are worth the investment. Oh my gosh, I cannot say this enough. How many women, Alana, I'm sure you get the same, who meet with us, maybe for the first time, and you can just see it in their eyes that they are doubting this time that they're taking, probably feeling some guilt that they're taking time away from kids or whatever responsibilities that they've got to take this time for themselves. And they don't believe that they are worth the investment, not only financially, but just the time alone. Mm -hmm. So wonderful topic today. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you, we have convinced you <laughs> that you are worth it, that you are enough. Yep. That you're worth every minute that you spend on your own healing, but you're also worth every dollar that's spent on your own healing. I think back to my own journey and I remember I started with a church sponsored group and it was helpful but I, I felt like I needed something more. And by chance, I had stumbled upon the worth group and the worth group was run by therapist and it was free. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll do this. And I signed up for it and I started to do it. And as I looked back at my recovery and my healing, I don't think I would have ever signed up for it initially if it cost anything. And I think how sad is that because of where I was to where I am today is so far, it's so huge. Having that therapist, having that coach hold my hand and walk me along and help me know how to unravel all of the trauma and how to understand what I was going through was so crucial in my healing. But I was so focused on my husband and what he needed to do. And I was one of those women who were like, okay, let's save him. Let's put all these resources to him because if he can just get better, then I'll be better. Yep. And so it took me a long time to get to this place of really understanding how much I needed it and that I was worth it. Yeah. And I can relate. And I'm going to put a little plug in because the program that you just mentioned is the worth program through life changing services. And I myself have never seen any other program that provides that free therapist led or coach led support group where you are allowed to process a little bit or yeah, it's, it is different than ARP, which is what a lot of women are used to hearing about. So I'll put a little plug in for that. Very brilliant and very kind of Maurice to put that program together and offer that six months free because you're right. I think a lot of women wouldn't do it otherwise. So today we're yeah. talking, so you and I, we want to be clear for those of you who are listening, Alana and I are both coming from 
this place of recovery where we have invested and I'm, I still have my own coach that I meet with every week. I still invest in myself every week because I am worth it. And I want to have a life experience that requires that. But we also want to be very cognizant that there are some of you who are listening that are having a hard time wrapping your head around this kind of thinking. So hang in there with us and hopefully you can just start to open up your mind just a little bit. I want you to be okay with whatever you're feeling right now. All of the emotions, allow them to be there and see what comes to mind as you continue to listen to us talk about this a little bit. I love that. Pay attention to what's coming up for you. Mm -hmm. I think what would be helpful is if we just take a minute and talk about the roadblocks that prevent us from being able to really buy into this idea of putting ourselves first. We all have roadblocks. They'll be different for everybody. But if we go through a couple of these, see which ones that you go, oh yeah, I, I do that a little bit. So the first one is the belief that I just talked about, that if my spouse or partner gets better, then I'll get better. That idea of if he just weren't doing this, then I wouldn't feel this way. I think that we're coming from this place that we are not aware that the emotions that we have are coming from our own thoughts, which means we have to do our own work. They can change and do whatever that needs to be done. It will not change the way that you're feeling. The only thing that changes what how you're feeling right now is your own thoughts, which requires your work. So with that... When I hear that, what my brain would have said back in the day is, no, this is not my thoughts. This is the fact that he did this and he did this mm -hmm. and he did this. And so therefore I feel these ways. Yeah. And I want to just speak to absolutely because those things happened, you do have trauma. There is a natural trauma response, but what happens is when something happens to us, we then take that information and we make meaning about it. That being said, it's not as simple as, hey, change your thoughts, change your life. I know that's a really popular phrase, but when we have trauma, we have to work through the trauma. We have to process it. Healing is something that's very messy and it takes time. Yet that principle that you're talking about still applies that because this has happened to us, now we have made meaning of it. We're trying to make sense of it. And it's all ours now that we have to work through this. And we have our own healing that's completely separate of what he is doing or not doing. Right. Which is a place of acceptance. It's being aware of what you're feeling and what's happening right now to you and accepting that it's there and now owning that. And that is where I think we get to work <laughs> to do the healing is that when we're like, yeah, I am feeling a lot of anger. I'm feeling a lot of sadness. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling hopeless because I feel like. So you're saying accepting the feelings, mm -hmm. accepting that this is happening, yeah. but not an acceptance that I accept that behavior. Correct. I accept that they did this. It's you coming to an acceptance and an awareness that this is my reality. Yeah. 
owning your emotions and being okay with it because that's how you can start to change it. But when we go along thinking that if he changes and does something different, then I'll feel different. It never works. It just never works that way. And I like this. This is difficult for, I remember thinking that like having a really hard time wrapping my head around this concept because I didn't own it then. It was still all his fault for many years. But what I like when I clicked for me, what I liked about that was it put the power back in my field, in my court, because I didn't realize how much power I was giving him over my life, over my thoughts, over my emotions and over what I did, whether I got up out of bed or not. And when I started to own what was happening inside me, then I got my power back. Now I was in charge. And when we've been hurt by somebody so intensely, I don't want him in charge. Because to your point, I don't like what he is doing or did. So giving myself that power was important for me. I love that. And and I just want to note, no matter where you are on this journey, this is something that you can start with. But it takes a lot of time to work through this. So here we are. We talk about it for a couple of minutes. It's this thing that, hey, you just need to work on this. You just need to start owning your own healing. It really is something that happens slowly over time. So if you're listening to this and you're going, I don't even know where these women are. They're way further in their recovery. This doesn't even apply to me. Then just know that wherever you are is okay. And just start opening yourself up to this thought of you didn't get to control what they did to you, but you do have the responsibility to take care of now yourself and what happened to you as a result of their choices. Yep. Absolutely. You have the strength and power and you have everything inside of you to do this work. It's already there. You are enough right now to do this work. I think that's what I didn't believe mm. for a long time, which I think I'm wondering if that can go into the next, I guess, roadblock is believing that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve mm. to heal. I, I think a lot of times I focused a lot on what I didn't do, the things that I did to maybe mess it up. I hear a lot of women just use that as a roadblock, have that as a roadblock to their healing, that they they don't deserve the one-on-one coaching, the additional, the additional work. In group, as a lot of the groups that we lead, one of the things that we say to our women is as group can be very healing and therapeutic or uh, healing and, and helpful, it does not take the place of one-on-one therapy or coaching. Because you and I know how important it is to have that one-on-one, but how many women don't do it? No. And the one thing I have noticed in my groups for men and women across the board is those who are willing to do group in conjunction with therapy or coaching and have that individual one-on-one work with the group support progress 
so much faster than those who don't. It's incredible. Yep. Mm -hmm. They really do because they are, they are putting those tools that we're offering into play one-on-one and we're taking their, when you're in group, you're hearing lots of different situations and different people are talking, but man, when you're on -on one-on-one, you can take, okay, here's what happened this week and I'm stuck and we process that and we get some tools and we're holding them accountable. I'm following up with my clients the next week. It's powerful. So helpful. Okay. So then here's the thing we have to talk about is the money because when we hear this, <laughs> and I was one where I'm like, okay, my husband has to get therapy. My husband has to get group. My husband needs a sponsor. And all of this, like I add that up and that's going to be this dollar amount. And then you're telling me I need group. And now I need to meet with someone one-on-one. Like how in the world financially do we do this? In my brain, we don't. So we have to just focus on him. Right. Because- in my mind, I said, he's got more things to work through than I do. And and he's the one where my pain is a, a result of his choices. So therefore we have to focus on him. Mm-hmm. So how in the world do we get past the money part of it? Because we're still thinking if he gets better, then everything will be better. And I think that's one thing we really have a difficult time wrapping our head around is that his choices created trauma for us which is now out, like now we have a journey. We are now on this healing road, whether we wanted to be there or not, whether we want to be there or not, we are now on this road. And so it is now two people that need to get that work done. It isn't just about him anymore because his choices did throw you on this road. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think the hardest thing is to go through the grief (laughs) cycle and end up in acceptance about this part, the money. That is a natural consequence of their choice. And what their choices have created is now we've got some financial stresses, some added financial obligations so that we can heal individually and in our marriage. And yeah, I think that this is a great way to Notice the accountability on the person who created the situation. I think that it would be really awesome if he said and owned up to this and said, okay, we need our own healing. Yes, it's going to cost money. Let's figure out how to make this work. What adjustments do our is our family now going to need to make? But here's what now I'm willing to do to make this happen. I had a client in one of my groups who he was working his own recovery and he went and got a second job so that he could keep paying for his recovery work. Like he literally went and got a second job. That brought tears to my eyes because of the accountability and responsibility and dedication. That was remarkable to me. So to me, this falls under just the natural consequence. And then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to make this work? Because it's what we need. You know, I love that. And I think there's another part of it because you mentioned the grief cycle is sometimes there's an immense amount of anger on the betrayed spouse's part 
because all of a sudden they financially do have to sacrifice in multiple ways and they feel like they're they're paying the consequences of the other person's choices and that part of it is really difficult yeah oh for sure and that's okay it is really difficult and you will probably feel a lot of anger and that's okay how do we get to this place of going i am worth making the family sacrifice more for my healing so hard that is such a hard place to be so my first thoughts that come to my mind is <clears throat> as a mom i can see really clearly how my mental and emotional health is so important and critical to the feeling of the home. And I'm honored that is a big part of my role. So I want to be healthy for my children. But, and that's honestly, that's where it started for me. Mm -hmm. it, it started with wanting to be healthy for my children. And then I started to believe that I wanted to be healthy for me. Especially mm. when some of those children started leaving. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, they're leaving me. It's, I want to be healthy for me. I'm the one that's stuck with me. These kids are going to leave at some point. I'm the one that has to live with me 24 hours a day, every day for the rest of my life. And I want and the best version of me. I love that. And I love that you brought up that for you, it started with your kids and it doesn't matter where you start. If that's what you need to get going, then use that. But I tell my women this all the time is, and the men, the work you are doing, it goes so far beyond just you. Every ounce of energy, every ounce of time, every dollar you put into your own healing has the potential to bless generations oh, just, because as you get healthier and you act healthier, you naturally start sharing those tools with everyone around you. My kids to this day, their favorite dinner time activity is we give each other emotions and they share their emotions with each other as like this game we play. But that was something I had to learn through my own work. And now they're gaining that. So the healthier I get, the more I share it with those around me, whether it's friends, kids, coworkers, spouse, naturally it just comes out. And then as you share that, they learn those tools and then they share that. And the work you are doing is so much bigger than just you. I have goosebumps. I literally have goosebumps when you said that because I felt the power behind that statement. It goes beyond generations. This really is an incredible work that you will do. Because it, it became, it became more than just healing from trauma for me at some point, And I couldn't tell you when, but at some point it did, it changed over to all of these tools that I learned became tools for me to get the life that I wanted, to have the life experience that I wanted. It, it, it didn't become about healing from betrayal anymore or moving through divorce anymore. I love that you said that. And same thing, right? I, I had the, the emotion wheel 
print it out. <clears throat> if you haven't done that, oh my gosh, one of the best activities at dinner, print out the emotion wheel and we would just pass it around and I'd have them pick three emotions that they felt that day. Super powerful what we can teach our kids. I tell my clients, you become their coach. You get to be their coach now through this. Pass it along. Yeah. You heal for you and it blesses everybody. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about the next roadblock that I'll see in some of my clients is they almost wait for somebody, often their spouse, uh, to tell them that they need to get healing or they can go get therapy. And so they're waiting for somebody's permission. I wish our listeners um, who are watching this or listening through the podcast can see Amy because she's throwing her head back. Oh, I don't like that. But we do. Sometimes we get caught in these roles of for me to go do something like this, I need my husband to tell me it's okay. Or I need someone to say, look, Alana, you're not okay. Go get help. And, and that actually leads into the next one too, is this roadblock of going, well, I'm not that bad. Yes, I'm pretty depressed. And yes, I'm struggling to take care of my kids. And yes, I have not had a clear thought for months, but I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. How you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh my gosh. No, it's so true. And I did. And I rolled my eyeballs because that is exactly how I thought. So it wasn't out of judgment. It was out of, oh my gosh, I remember waiting for permission, waiting for permission to use the money or waiting for permission to have my turn or just having someone say it's okay. I, I get it. I've been there. But you do not need anyone's permission to get what you need for your life. And I, you and I were talking before we even started recording about how powerful this is to have someone say, to hear someone actually say you have permission that, sorry, I said that wrong, that you don't need permission. <laughs> it is so powerful because that didn't, that didn't cross my mind. It just didn't cross my mind that I didn't need permission. So no, you don't. If you are waiting for someone to give you permission to take care of you, A, you don't need permission to heal. You don't need permission to take care of you. You don't need permission to grow. But if you're in that place right here, right now, where you're still struggling to believe it, I'm going to give you permission. Okay. Right here, right now, you have permission to take care of you. You have permission to grow. You have permission to heal. You have permission to put yourself first because when you start to put yourself first, when you put your healing, your mental well-being, your mental health on the table, when you do those things, it will give you the capacity and the ability to do all the other works you want to do for other people. Yeah, but Alana, I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time to do what it takes to heal. I've got kids. I work. I don't have time. I love this excuse because I was the queen of it. And the reality is I don't have time. If 
someone sat down and looked at my calendar, they'd be like, yeah, you don't have time. <laughs> but what I have learned is this type of work, it's okay. My plate is already so full. It doesn't come in and push other stuff off your plate. Maybe it will feel like that in the beginning, but what it does is it expands your plate. It makes your plate bigger so you actually can do these other things in your life that you're already doing. It gives you a greater capacity. Yes, absolutely. And here's why. One of the reasons why I think it expands and makes more room is because when you do the work, especially your one-on-one, you will learn how to not manage other people's thoughts and feelings and actions. You'll learn how to let go of a lot that you're probably holding on to and carrying that you don't need to. And so you're going to free up space in your brain with time. I don't think I realize. I know I didn't realize how much time I was spending in my thoughts and even in just like freezing I would catch myself just standing in my kitchen, staring into space, not doing anything, just frozen because I was trying to figure out how to fix him, how to make him better. <laughs> so what you just said about opening up space and making more time, absolutely, because I think we're going to realize how much time we are not spending in a healthy way. Well, and you spoke of that freeze. And part of the fight, flight, and freeze, it's that trauma response. But when we're going into that place, especially regularly of fight, flight, or freeze, you go into the survival part of your brain. The rest of your brain goes offline. It shuts down. So your capacity to be able to handle things or to be able to get done what you normally get done significantly decreases. So the more that we can get your brain back online to be able to get healed, to move through the trauma, the more you will have the ability to do again. Absolutely. Now it leads into the right time. Another roadblock is this idea of, okay, I just need to wait until school's done, or I need to wait until I do this first, or I need to wait until he does this. We're always looking for that right time to start getting our own help. That one is, can be a hard one too, because there's no right time. No, there isn't. And we're the ones that create our time. I think, again, this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, this acceptance part and taking ownership and power over our healing, over our lives. We create the time during the day. What we do with our time during the day is up to us. It really is. I know that it's very easy to think, no, I have to do this and I have to do that. You're choosing to do that. You're choosing to do everything you are doing during that day. So really, it's getting very clear about what you're doing during the day. Owning all of it, owning what decisions you're making during that day, and just know that you get to choose when your one-on-one healing happens. I know that I work with a lot of my clients on the right time of day for them. Find someone that will work with you. Find someone. If you need someone at night, find someone that can be more flexible and give you that night session or early morning session. You can make it work. 
I know you can because women are doing it. I used to work with a therapist and she had little tiny babies, twins. And so she did not start her sessions with her clients until nine o'clock at night. And she went from nine to 11 and she saw two clients every single night from nine to 11. And that worked for her and for the clients who she worked with, that worked for them. Me, on the other hand, if I was trying to do therapy or coaching at nine o'clock at night, it would not be a good thing. But I love that you said that because there are people out there for everybody and you can, and it will take a little bit of effort to find that right person and find the right time that works for you. But there are people who do this at all times of day. And especially if you're working with coaches, don't have restrictions by states. And so you may find when I was doing coaching, I have clients where it's my 7 a.m., which works really well for me. I'm a morning person where it's their 10 a.m. Their kids are already at school. And so when you have even like those time zone differences, that can really work in your advantage. Yeah. So don't let that deter you if you're worried about not being able to fit it in the right time. Yeah. There are people there. I love that you just said that because once again, I can see that I did not even know that was an option. So I, I, I love that. And if you're listening, maybe some of you are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yes. Different time zones. Find someone that works with you. I have such a strong belief and I believe wholeheartedly that when we are actively seeking for this, God really just puts the right person in place. We really are led to that person that we need at that time in our life. When we're acting as an agent, when we're in that power mode with awareness of what we need and accepting that we need this and then we move forward, options open. I know that to be true. So Alana, there's lots of different options for help. We've got groups, we've got coaching, we've got therapy, we've got sponsors. How do we know which one? We'll go into our next episode in depth into all of this. So here's your teaser. Stay tuned <laughs> because there, there is a difference and each one has its own unique benefits. So Join us next week. We will go into what each one does, how they're different, how each one can benefit you. And then you can really start figuring out for you what your healing journey can look like and who to bring on your team. Because the beautiful thing is you get to choose. This really is your path of healing. You are empowered to make those choices and bring on the people you want to bring on, get the type of support that you want. And start to heal and move forward. Thank you for choosing to be here with us today. We encourage you to share this episode with others that you feel would benefit from these tools and resources. Please like, download, share this podcast. And please remember that you are 100% of worth and worth the investment in choosing recovery and choosing to heal in choosing you. Take care, everybody.